Hello, America, and uh, welcome to Monday. And a great Monday it is. No, seriously, I say that with some good news coming your way. We have that and so much more, you know, all the bad news as well, in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I want to talk to you about a choice that we all have to make, and it's time we make it. We either believe in an American dream or we believe in the American nightmare. Now, the American dream has changed. It was changed by FDR, quite frankly. It was changed. Um, it was changed to everybody has a house, everybody has a car, everybody has enough. That's not what the American dream was. The American dream was to come here and to start something and be your own person. Be able to have control over your own life. Now, the other American dream, while it was officially kind of changed and mutated by the FDR administration, that that American dream that he was touting was prevalent in America for a long time. Started in 1619. Started in Jamestown. We started bringing slaves in. The British did. People came here for money and power. But that's not the American dream. That always turns into the American nightmare. The world has always had dreams and nightmares. Man makes both of them. But man has made nightmare after nightmare after nightmare. And usually, in the modern world, it was done in the name of common good over common sense. It was done in the name of power and control instead of control on power. That's the fundamental difference between the dream and the nightmare. And we have to decide which one we want to be a part of. Because they're both very real. The American dream is as real as the American nightmare. But nobody's being taught this anymore. Of all, of all places, George Washington University celebrated transgiving last week. University of Florida students last week marked it by calling it a celebration of genocide. Well, I guess it is if you believe that America was founded in 1619, but it wasn't. Even the American dream wasn't part of anything to do with Jamestown. That was the American nightmare. But that's being taught, as the New York Times calls it, 1619. Now, 1619 is being taught even in your children's schools. And I'm not talking about high school. They are now starting to teach that America began in 1619. We've had enough nightmares. We've had genocide. We've, we've had people like FDR 
who recrafted the dream, remember, recrafted it from this idea that you can make it yourself to an all-powerful government whose birth was 1619 in Jamestown, which allowed him, the progressive hero, to put Japanese in internment camps. It allowed Jackson to round up the Indians and slaughter them. There's a new book out that I've been reading. It's about Sidney Gottlieb. I don't know if you... I don't know if that name triggers anything in you. Perhaps it should. Here's a guy who retired at 55 years old. By all accounts, people who knew him at his retirement, everybody thought he was a great guy. He would go, he went and he decided that he wanted to finally do what he and his wife had always wanted to do, and that is go down to the port and just get on the next ship, wherever it was going, no agenda, and just serve people. So he went to Asia, and he was serving as a doctor there. He, he went to India. He started living in leper colonies. He was one that would embrace the lepers and help them. By all accounts, this guy was great. Until the United States Senate called him back because they wanted to know what the CIA's chief medical scientist had done in the previous 25 years. He was experimenting on children as young as six. He was the guy who used LSD and heroin as mind control drugs. He developed the torture techniques that we're all ashamed of. He is America's Jekyll and Hyde. How did that happen? How does a guy who was serving people how does he go do the things that he did? By the way, he was never brought to trial. He was never really fully exposed because he burned all of the documents. Everything the CIA had on him, he destroyed before he left. He knew. He also committed suicide before any more could be dug up about him. He knew. He knew, but he had justified it in the name of this great country in the service of the greater good and he used science in the same way that Winston Churchill spoke of Churchill said that we are in a time where the world is made darker by the dark lights of perverted science Boy, does that sound like it could be said today. We are living in the world that is made darker by the dark lights of perverted science. We have to choose common sense over the common good, power and control, or power or control over power. We must choose the bright lights of truth over the dark lights of perverted science. If we don't, those who follow the path set in 1619, one of slavery, plunder, and death, will repeat itself. 
especially if that's all they know. And it will be done in the name of superiority or superior race, superior thought, even. It doesn't make a difference. Are you saying that everything is the same? No. No, there is superior thought. There is. There are superior cultures. I think our culture is superior over a cannibalistic culture. But the idea has to be based on common sense over common good. Because it's common sense that we, I think, parrot and yet we don't really ever stop to search its meaning. See, the difference between 1619 and 1620, where the pilgrims landed, is it was about the individual, and it wasn't about stuff. It was about being able to control your own life and have your own ideas to to worship God in your own way. But you had to live with your neighbors. See, in Jamestown, they didn't have Thanksgiving. But in Plymouth, they did. And they had it with the Native Americans. They had the longest-running peace treaty with the Native Americans in our history. The Pilgrims did. The Pilgrims did. And by the way, they didn't break it. It was the Native American that broke it. But see, out of the pilgrims came the idea that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. You know the words. And they all sound like blah, 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 blah to most people because they think people didn't mean it. And you know what? A lot of people didn't. A lot of people still don't. A lot of people on Capitol Hill today will tell you all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. They'll usually drop the creator part and they don't mean equal. They mean equal. Yes, we're all equal, but some are more equal than others. But it is only the search for the true meaning of that that stops oppression stops one man on top oppressing the other rich over poor powerful over the weak it was a revolutionary idea in 1620 it's a revolutionary idea in 1776 it's still a revolutionary idea all around the world this is why you saw over the weekend people gathering in hong kong flying american flags because it's still a revolutionary idea It's strange to me that I can watch a group of people literally on the other side of the earth and I can watch them in real time on technology that came from this country, came from individuals having the power to create and keep their creation. We can watch on those devices people across the world holding American flags it seems as though they know who we are as more and more Americans forget. Or perhaps we've fallen asleep. Or in the best case scenario, 
Perhaps those who know the difference have just fallen silent, thinking that it's okay to stay out of the fray, thinking that this too shall pass. I don't want to get involved. It's time to find ourselves again. It's time to stand up. It's time to give thanksgiving. It's time to learn from the nightmares while rekindling the dream. You know, I don't think that there is a I don't think that there is a a better understanding a better understanding of the difference between the dream and the nightmare than some of our songs from history. When we listen to the patriotic songs, if you listen to patriotic songs, it's from different cultures and countries. Many times it's about the land. Many times it's about how strong the people are. Many times it's it's about the rulers. But if you look at a American, America the Beautiful, the only one that we sing about, the only phrase we ever sing is about the land. Oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mag- mountains, majesties above the fruited plain. America, America, God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to signing sea. That's not the America that we have anything to do with. That's the America that God shed his grace on. That's the land. That's all that is. Man has nothing to do with that. God has graced us with a great land that is beautiful, resource rich. It's our inheritance and one we are stewards of, not owners. But if you listen to the other the other parts that we don't ever sing. You first stumble onto the pilgrim feet, not 1619 in Jamestown, but the pilgrims whose stern, impassioned stress, a thoroughfare of freedom beat across the wilderness. The pilgrims were not about even progress. They weren't about money. They were about freedom. They also knew that they were flawed human beings. That's why in the second verse, it's God mend thine every flaw. Confirm thy soul in self-control, thy liberty in law.
See, this is the part of the song that I don't think any of us concentrate on. God, mend thine every flaw. Are we even asking for that? We're asking for our way. We're asking for things to happen the way we feel. But that's what's gotten us here. Confirm thy soul in self-control. And then this. Heroes proved in liberating strife. May God thy gold refine till all success be nobleness and every gain divine. the American dream. No nightmare can come out of this. No beautiful for heroes proved in liberating strife, meaning there is no, there is nothing that is bad. There is no strife that will harm you who more than self their country loved and mercy more than life. No nightmare comes of this. May God thy gold refine till all success be nobleness. How many of us are looking for nobleness or are we just looking for success? We need to decide nightmare or dream. You're listening to Glenn Beck. You know, the the pilgrims were English, and so I think it's appropriate today that we... We do reflect on maybe some things that you didn't say you were thankful for, you know, uh, there at the, uh, you know, at the dinner table. Uh, For instance, uh, I'm very, very, very grateful for Jeremy Clarkson. Uh, Do you watch Top Gear at all? Yeah, I watch some of it. Yeah, I love Top Gear. He's great. It's great. Mm -hmm. Um, He's in trouble now because he says um, uh, Greta Thunberg is killing the car show. She's killing everything. I, I don't know if you know. She is like, oh my gosh! I think the ki- I think her parents just put her on a boat, and like, no, you can't take an airplane. You got to take a boat, a very long boat ride across <laughs> the ocean, just to get her out of the house. Can you imagine living with her? And if I'm not mistaken, they had to fly the captain of the boat across the ocean. It's her parents. To then take the boat back across the ocean as if the carbon didn't count on the flight to get the captain there. Right. Right. Of course, mm-hmm. that's the parents. That's the parents' That's fault? the parents. That's the parents going, look, I don't care what you have to do. Fly the whole crew in overseas, whatever. She cannot take a plane. It, she will be home too quickly. <laughs> I do like that idea. I think that's what it is. It's not to protect her image, even uh, though everyone realizes it's false. She's complaining about everything now. Absolutely everything. And Jeremy Clarkson went on and said that uh, he's ruin- she's ruining the car shows because nobody is interested in cars anymore. 
He said, you know, they're taught at school before they say mommy and daddy, that cars are evil, and so it's in their heads. Um, Richard Hammond came on and said, I hate to say it, but I think Jeremy is right. People don't care about cars because how many people are growing up, with, you know, kids are growing up with posters of their cars in their room uh, because they don't care about it because they're bad for the environment. So I want to give thanks for Jeremy Clarkson today because Clarkson uh, made a joke once implying that murdering prostitutes is a common pastime for professional truck drivers. Uh, and he was, uh, he, they, they tried to get him off the show. Uh, uh, members of parliament tried to get him fired for that, but he, he, he wasn't fired. He also apologized for calling the then Prime Minister Gordon Brown a one-eyed Scottish idiot. Because he's blind in one eye, so he's technically accurate. Um, he is Scottish. Uh, he is, yeah, okay. he is. So yeah, it is accurate. Is, yeah, he is Scottish. And now, and now, this, thanks to that Swedish Thurnberg girl, every child in the Western world is now absolutely terrified that by this time next year they'll have died in a suffocating firestorm. <laughs> so this morning, let's have a little story to cheer them all up again. He says, uh, everyone is, uh, says that climate change is terrible, but what if it's good for mankind? That's the thing about climate change. We keep being told the next shift will be a disaster for mankind, but who knows? You might wake up one morning to find your garden full of unicorns and mermaids and big chests <laughs> full of jewels and money. I mean, even the UN says it's going to be a net positive for, what is it, 60 or 70 years mm -hmm. uh, where things will be. Now, that doesn't mean that your local area would be a net positive under their scenario. But as for the Earth as a whole, increased uh, ability to grow. And, and, and as we all know, the mm -hmm. real extreme cold is worse than the real extreme heat. Extreme cold kills a lot more people. Right, than so, the extreme heat. But it, what is, I mean, mm -hmm. what does Greta think about all of this? I mean, you know, because I don't, I don't know. Did you, see the, did you see the statement that she came out with this week? And she was... Hang on just a second. We, we have her on the phone? Hello? You have stolen my dreams. Uh, pardon me? You have stolen my dreams. I've stolen your dreams? And my childhood with your empty words. I, I, I didn't... Was and trying yet, to... I'm one of the lucky ones. You're lucky. People are suffering. Uh-huh. We must stop this. How dare you? For for what? How are they suffering again? How I just, dare you! Uh, I, I, if you do not stop driving your automobiles, mm -hmm. I will personally take a knife and remove the thumbs of all the deniers because what? you do not care about human suffering. But How wait, dare you! Wait a minute! You would be causing human suffering by removing thumbs. How dare you! For more than thirty years, the science has been crystal clear. And if you do not accept it, I will take a rusty railroad spike and rip open your abdomen and pull out your entire large intestine I, I and slice it in its entirety so in a long way. Can I ask? Because you don't care about human lives. How dare you? Right. Is there any truth to the rumor that maybe your parents uh, are sending you on this, this global trip so they could be away from you? Is that Mr. Beck, I will be watching you. You'll be watching I you. will be watching you. Alright. Okay. And I will if you if you only want to cut emissions by fifty percent and give us a fifty percent chance of survival, I will break into your home and I will kidnap your whitest child. And I will personally lower their bodies into a vat of hydrochloric acid via cable. 
<laughs> and I do this because you and your your 0.9 degrees Celsius temperature rise don't care about the lives of children. <laughs> right, How but, dare yeah, you? Okay, all right. Thank you very much, uh, Greta. Which sounds like she's starting to become a supervillain. Because um, I'm pretty sure my kids would escape from whatever elaborate scheme that she had planned. Even your whitest child? Even my whitest wow. child might, uh, might be able to do that. Mm. So did you, uh, by any chance, watch The Mandalorian? I still haven't done it yet. Oh, I'm so good. The whole reason I ordered the stupid service and I haven't watched it yet. I was, you know, I was, um, I wasn't that impressed with the first one, second one. Now I'm starting to really get into it, you know, and what makes it is Baby Yoda. I've been seeing this on, on the social media. Oh. Uh, everyone's posting Baby Yoda. I don't really understand it so yet. So cute. I'm not going to tell you anything about it, but so cute. So cute. He's like, <laughs> it's not Yoda because it's after Yoda's dead. So I don't know who it is. It's some Yoda-like creature. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. My son tried to explain it. He knows all the canon of it. Uh, and so it's like Yoda, but not Yoda. I, I'm not sure. But he's like 50 years old, but a baby. And <laughs> so incredible. It is everything that George Lucas has tried to do with every single uh, episode of Star Wars where he's like, I'm going to put Jar Jar Binks in them because the kids will love it. And then everybody hates it. Ewoks yeah. are on the borderline of that. Yeah, right. There's always something. The, the, yeah, the Ewoks are in that borderline. Well, look, I'm I'm a very much a, a hater as a, uh, of Return of the Jedi. As like, I think it's a crappy movie, actually. It's very mediocre. And everyone else thinks those first three are all on the same level, which they are not. Uh, the third one is much weaker, and it's because uh, largely because of the Ewoks. Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. I don't even like the Jawas. You know, they're like, you know, Houdini. That, yeah. I don't know why they're always talking about Houdini. I, I, don't, know. I don't know why, but in everything. But, so I'm not a really big fan because that was another thing where he's like, oh, I'm going to make these cute and the kids will love them. Now that he's not involved and Disney is involved, Disney's like, we know how to make cute things. <laughs> uh, and the, it is, oh my gosh, you'll watch the show after like three episodes and you will just fall in love with Yoda. And I'm watching it last night. And I'm thinking Disney is genius. Think of the money that oh. they're going to make. They they buy a Marvel, the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. They buy the Star Wars universe. They they put a Star Wars. You've been there, a Star yeah. Wars land in Disneyland, and then the Mandalorian comes out with with Apple or with a Disney Plus, and it's brilliant. It's and a, it's you're. I'm no. I I would be so anxious to hear you say because I bet it is. The same land that you find in Disneyland. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, because I mean, they we went over this last week a little bit. They have six movies this year that have already made a billion dollars worldwide. Six this year. That does not include Frozen Two, which is definitely going to make a billion if it hasn't already. It was the biggest opening animated film of all time, and does not include Star Wars coming out in a couple weeks, which is obviously also going to make a billion dollars. So they have eight. And I think it would, they had six of the top seven movies. The only one they didn't have was Spider-Man, which my understanding is it's some sort of joint release. That's what everyone told me when we were talking about it, because it's Sony actually yeah, distributed Sony it, but Disney still has a piece of that, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you want to talk, they're taking over the world. The mouse is going to be the I king. Netflix, I think, is in trouble. I think it's 
Amazon. Even Apple is really smart. Apple, the Apple Plus, it includes all of the other subscriptions that you might have. So, you know, if you have them, they all populate there kind of like Amazon does. Okay, yeah. You know, so you're not, I think Netflix is is the one in trouble. Now, they've been in trouble before. And everybody always says, oh, Netflix, they're just shipping out DVDs. What do they know? Yeah, well, look at them. <laughs> well, they also uh, were so in trouble that they tried to sell their entire company for, I think it was $50 million to Blockbuster, and Blockbuster turned them down. They're like, no, thanks. We're not interested in that. That sounds like too much money for your particular service. I think there's one <laughs> Blockbuster left, and it's in, like, there, there is one there's left. Like in, yeah. It's in Oregon. There's one left. There's always one left of these things when they go. How? I don't know. Who is? Do you remember what it used to be like? Especially if it was going to be snow. You know, everybody else would be at the grocery store buying bread. And, and I'd be like, we got to go to the video store. Yeah. And then there'd be no videos there. Nothing. Nothing. I, I, I mean, I know, like, there's the typical thing that as you get older, you start whining to your children about how tough your life was in compared to comparison to theirs. I mean, it's the, you know. Uh, Bill Cosby pre-rape uh, was talking about uh, walking uphill both ways to school yeah, in the right. snow. Like that, it's that same thing. But I can't even I can't even express to my children what the difference is. Like I remember having to like search through like rare record stores to find a specific song that was released only in the UK that you could go and like. Now it's the easy. Every song is available. Every my, movie is available. Everything is available all the time, and like it's just normal life to them. My son, he he uh, he comes and is like, "Hey, Dad, you got to hear this song. This is a great song." And it starts, and it's big. You probably don't even know this. Big Iron by Marty Robbins. Mm. You ever heard of it? <laughs> okay, it's like an old, not country. It's a western song. Okay. okay? In the when I first got into radio in the West, there was country, and then there was a Western station, and the Western stations were like, "I got some cattle, I'm driving to town," you know that yeah. kind of stuff. Okay, and country. they would do like cattle updates in the news in the morning, right? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of stations did that. The Ag Report, they still do that. Yeah, a lot well, of yeah. places. Oh, yeah, um, but there were the Western stations that that's completely gone. There is no cowboy. Uh, songs that that whole culture is gone. It always, now. I've always think of it as country western being like the same thing. It's not. It's, it, it's combined totally into one format. Is right. that not right? Right. Uh, and western doesn't really exist anymore. Hmm. And it was the story. I mean, it was like you know, I went down to El Paso, and you know that kind of stuff. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, and so my son comes with Big Iron, and I'm like, Where did you? I haven't heard this since I was a kid. Where did you find this? And he's like, I was searching for something. This one popped up, but I just love it. And he is like, his musical taste is so broad and so deep where it's really, it's amazing what they have access to. But every kid like your kid, there's 3 million kids that are singing Baby Shark. That's that's the other part of this. Uh, Can I tell you something? That's how I punished the family. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah, this holiday. Really? Yeah. Brought it up at the table. I have two grandchildren, and I'm just saying there that uh, people were arguing about something, and I said, "Hey, Cohen, you like that baby shark song?" He started singing it, and everybody looked at me like, "I can't believe you." And I'm like, "Well, you're not arguing anymore, are you?" Yeah, <laughs> it's a way of solving. <laughs> it's a way every... to solve everything. I like that. Yeah, um, do you know the baby shark people are pretty uh, wealthy too? They've done fairly well for themselves, mm -hmm. and now they're trying to like figure. There's some weird like 
rights issue that they they don't it's not easy for them to make money off of it so they've started like a tour now the baby shark tour now, i don't know if you know this but baby shark basically just says baby shark and then like i think mommy shark and a daddy shark and maybe grandpa shark or something and then a, a bunch of nothing right like that's the whole thing hey welcome to the baby shark right. uh right. welcome to the baby shark show here's a handgun so you right. can blow your brains out <laughs> <laughs> and in a sign of the internet not being worth it i was reading an article about the baby shark tour and they apparently sing baby shark four times during oh the gosh. show but only four times so like how you have a whole show where people are spending like 60 70 80 dollars to go to and they're singing baby shark four times the rest of the show like this is like one of those like one hit wonders where you go to see i want come on eileen and they sing like 19 other songs you only want baby shark if you're going to the baby shark tour and your kids are driving you crazy to hear Baby Shark. You listen to it all the way to the to the stadium, and you listen to it all the way home. But you're only getting it four times at the show. I think that's a ripoff. I think it should be all. It should just be playing the entire time you walk into the entire time you leave. Just drive you completely insane. You've obviously given up on life if you're going to the Baby Shark tour. Just let it go. We've given up on insane asylums. There, we don't (laughs) have places to keep people after the Baby Shark show. Maybe this is how the Baby Shark company makes. Wow. Maybe the Baby Shark branded (laughs) insane asylums are the way for them to make money off of this thing. (laughs) Holy cow! All right, back in a minute. More Baby Shark talk (laughs) on the Glenn Beck program. Glenn Beck.